Good morning, HCC. Um, I didn't get any fancy intros with Jerry speaking or anything like that, like Aaron got last week. But uh, I do need uh, to take a minute and pray over this because this is the first time I've ever done this in a big church, and so I'm a little bit nervous. So I'm going to ask that God would make me a vessel to speak um, through my words. So if you pray with me. Jesus, thank you for another day. And God, I ask that you would do exactly that, is just use me as a vessel to speak your word um, to your people this morning, that you would um, bind up my flesh and that all the words that come out of my my mouth would be straight from you. Um, You promise that when two or three are gathered in your name that you would be here, God, so I know you're here. And I just ask that you would do what you do, that you would soften Um, hearts and um, open ears to be able to hear what the message that um, you have for each of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So you're probably wondering how in the world I got to speak today, because I kind of wonder that myself sometimes. Um, So there was a group of us that was meeting on Wednesday nights, and we'd sit right up here, and we would pray for the church. Because I don't know if you've realized this or not, but we're in a large transition. And um, so we get together on Wednesday nights and we pray for the church and we pray for the elders and the youth and we just, whatever the Lord put on our heart, we are praying. And um, <clears throat> uh, Jeff shook and, and Laith and Beth and Karen and Seth and we were all here and we were joking and I said, oh, I love to help with the youth, but don't make me teach. And I, I think God was like, <laughs> that's right, that's funny. You think you're never gonna have to do that. Um, But while we were praying, um, I really felt like the Lord gave me a vision for the big church. I did it with the youth. That's why there are some of these boxes here. These boxes are smaller, but there's a couple rows here. So um, we already did this with the youth, so they already know what's gonna happen um, a little bit. So, but um, he just gave me this vision. I pull out my phone and I start typing it out on my phone because I didn't want to forget it. And I was thinking the whole time I'm doing this that I'm going to have to explain to all the, the two elders that are praying with me that I'm not a heathen. I don't text during prayer. <laughs> um, but he gave me this vision. And I read it to him and they were like, yeah, you should do that. And I'm like, me? Why should I do it? But I'm the one that got the, the vision of it. So I guess I get to do it. Um, and then COVID hit the youth. Brian moved to his next adventure and COVID hit and Beth was put in charge and she was supposed to share and COVID had her quarantined and we didn't have anybody to share. And I'm like, I'll do it. I think I have something I can do. And so we did it with the youth. So that's, um, and then I guess James said something to the elders and John called me and said, hey, we'd like for you to do that with the Sunday morning church. Um, so bear with me, but we're gonna work through this. Um, so I don't know if you've known this or not, but in the Bible, there are moments in the Bible in the Old Testament where the Lord did something for the Israelites and they built what they called altars to remember what the Lord had done. So um, when Jacob was saved from Esau, he built an altar. When um, the Israelites had to fight um, the Amalekites, when they had to hold, Moses had to hold the 
stick over his head, and they were outnumbered, but any time he had the stick up, they won. If they lowered it, they were losing. After they won that battle and they wiped out the um, enemy, um, they built an altar to remember. And then when they were getting ready to march on Jericho, um, they had to cross the Jordan, and the priests carry the altar of God into the Jordan, and he parts the Jordan and makes it dry, and they carry it across, and they walk across, and they build an altar um, to remember that by. So I'm just going to read that part to you so you guys don't think I'm making it up. It actually is in the Bible. Um, so Joshua 4, 1 through 9, um, when the whole nation had finished crossing the, the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to make up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priest stood and to carry them over and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. <clears throat> so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites and one from each tribe and said to them, go over be okay, hold this, before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribe of Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be memorial to the people of, the Isra of Israel forever. And so... That's been preached before. I've heard it preached from this pulpit before by other people about stones of remembrance. And we've tried it in our family. Um, I've um, made stones for a friend who finished chemo because I wanted her to have that as a stone of remembrance. Um, <clears throat> so remembering his faithfulness when things look bleak is very, very important. And... Um, like I said before, our church is going through a time of transition, and it's not been the easiest year in the church, let alone in our lives outside the church. 2020 has just kind of been a, I don't even know the right words to describe it. It's just been yuck, okay? And um, <clears throat> so taking time to make us stop and remember what the Lord has done for us in the past helps bolster, bolster our faith in times like this when we're struggling to wonder, is God good? Um, I, can, I can attest to it in my own life that it's like I, I needed to look back and remember God was good then, so when the bad happens, God's still good now. He's gonna be faithful to keep his promises to us. So um, we sang about it. Um, so... We are going to build a wall with stones today. So under the seats, we, Bo and I put boxes, and they're going to be our pretend stones. So if you would reach underneath your seats, you may have to reach underneath someone else's seat because we did every other seat, um, and pull out your boxes. And if there's nobody sitting in a seat, you can steal one from them as well. Um, <clears throat> so everybody has their stone, okay? Um, and if you need pens, I believe the, usher, the ushers have pens for everybody, so if you need pens, the ushers can come around and bring you a pen. Maybe just raise up your hand and let them know that you need a pen. Some of us have pens in our 
purses and we may not need them, but or Bibles or whatever, we may not need them. But if you need a pen, raise your hand. Um, <clears throat> and I wanted you to, to take some time personally. Think about what you're going to put on your box. Oh, right here. Anybody else need a pen? Carol's got it. Emma needs a pen. And just think about times in your life that the Lord's been faithful to you and write them on the box. Um, we, like we said, we did it with the youth and they wrote on their box. And um, some of the things we might consider small in our life, but they're big to them, they deserve to go on your box. Everything that the Lord has done that you can think of deserves to go on your box. And I'm gonna give you, uh, Kay's gonna play for us, and we're just gonna take some, like, five minutes to kind of write on our boxes things that the ways that the Lord has been faithful to us. You can start writing, you don't have to, I'm just gonna kind of read off some ideas um, that the ways the Lord might have been faithful to you. Salvation, number one. The Lord came and sought you out and provided a way to spend eternity with you, salvation. Maybe you've experienced healing. Um, we've, we all have answered prayers. God always answers them, sometimes the way we want, sometimes the way we don't. Um, maybe you're a college student or uh, a teacher or a, a student, and there were tests this week, and you had to pass them, and you passed. Um, maybe God kept you from an accident. Uh, maybe right now, especially during this whole season of COVID, your health. Your health is a blessing from the Lord. Um, he's delivered you from fear. He's given you friends when you needed them. Um, some of our teenagers, I mean, they put their pets on there because sometimes you just need a dog or a, a, an animal friend. Um, and then sometimes, I mean, there's some pretty heavy stuff that our teenagers deal with and there's divorce on those boxes and there's cancer on those boxes. And there's teenagers that got delivered from suicidal thoughts on those boxes. So take some time and uh, write down the ways that the Lord has been faithful to you. My box is already up there. Um, your children are ways that the Lord has been faithful to you. Um, your husbands, your wives, your church. Um, there's, I could basically stand up here and say a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm gonna give you just a couple minutes of quiet and music to think about that. So why we're gonna build a wall with these stones, uh, this, this message is, uh, wrapped up a, a whole bunch of stuff in this message and there's also sermons that, I, that could be preached about things that I'm not gonna touch on today because I'm not smart enough. But um, there's, a, there's a book in the, in the Bible called Nehemiah. And when you think of the wall, that's the wall I think of, is the wall around Jerusalem that Nehemiah had, was going to rebuild. Not the border wall, but the Nehemiah wall. Um, so we're gonna turn to Nehemiah. Um, it's after Ezra and before Esther, and it's in the Old Testament. And we're going to turn to Nehemiah 2, verses 1 through 8. And kind of just give a little synopsis of who Nehemiah is if you've never heard of him before. Um, I will mess up these names, but it's okay. In the month of 
Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been, been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. And I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my fathers are buried so I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him, asked him, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. And I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of trans-Euphrates so that they will provide for me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter, and this just keeps going on asking basically, so who Nehemiah was? He was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. Um, so if you wanted to kill a king back in those days, the easiest way to do it was to poison his cup. And so they um, had cup bearers who would basically taste the wine first. And if they didn't die, they would give it to the king. So um, I would not want that job. Um, but that is what Nehemiah was. And... Um, so Nehemiah, beforehand, before he went to the king, he'd heard. He heard about the, it being in ruins, the wall around Jerusalem being burned to the ground, and he, he mourned. In, in chapter one, he mourned for it. And then he prayed, and he asked God basically what to do, and he begged with him, and the, and the Lord answered him and told him what he should do. Um, <clears throat> so then he had to act. He had to ask the king, which is unheard of, to go into the king's presence without being asked. And, I mean, you could die. Remember Esther having to go talk to her husband, who was the king, and she could have died, and she was married to the king. So it was a big deal to ask the king and to be in his presence. And then he was in his presence, and he was sad. And um, I heard a message about this, and it was just like, Kings in those days were like, you should never be sad in their presence because being in my presence is enough to be make anybody happy. You should never be sad. I mean, there was a little bit of an ego there, you know? And so that could get you killed as well if you were in the presence of the king and you were sad because you should always be happy in the king's presence. And so not only was he sad, he, asked, he was gonna ask the king for a favor for permission to go back to Jerusalem. And he, and he did it because the Lord told him to. And not only did the king say, go and do it, he paid for it. That's unheard of. Why would a conquering king of a different nation pay for a wall of a nation that he's already conquered? I mean, he destroyed it, right? Why would he pay for it? But because the Lord was in it. The Lord took care of it, and so he gave him safe passage through all of the nations that he had to go through to get back home, and the king paid for it. Um, <clears throat> that right there is amazing. But then he comes home, gets home, 
and he sees the destruction and it grieves him even more because he's seen it in person. And he realizes how big of a job it's going to be. And it overwhelms him. Um, but as you read through the whole book, this is a really great book. There's a little bit of um, stuff like family names that I won't ever get right. But they, it's really, the whole book is just all, it's a really good book. You should read your Bible. Um, so he's going to go back and build the wall. And he realizes, no way he can do this by himself. So each family unit, unit built their own part of the wall. So if my, this is my family unit right here, I'm going to take care of this part of the wall. And this is Dave and Allison's family unit right here. They're going to take care of this part of the wall. And every family unit built this wall piece by piece, just a certain portion. That's all you, they worked together to rebuild the wall of protection around Jerusalem. Because back in those days, if you didn't have a wall, you were vulnerable. You um, were vulnerable to anything because you didn't have any protection. So um, they needed the wall. It was very much necessary. So um, we're going to build our wall. Um, so I'm going to have you guys maybe one section at a time bring your wall up here. I, I, if you put your name on it, that's fine, but you don't have to put your name on it. But we're going to, the, the teenagers didn't, some of them did put their name on here. But um, we're going to build a wall. And it's going to represent every person in our church. Well, there's not there's some that aren't here, but every person that's here today is going to bring up their box. We're going to build a wall across here. I can move if I need to. Make it. You can make it as high as you want, as long as it doesn't fall, <laughs> doesn't wobble. But when you bring them up, we learned this with the youth. Don't put them tape side down. Put them on the flat side, either this side or this side, but don't put them on the tape side because they don't stack very well and then they'll fall. So if this section over here would bring your bricks or memorial stones up and stack them along this way and up as high as they'll go, that'd be great. If anybody needs somebody to bring their box up for them, raise your hand and I'll come get it from you so you don't have to... Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> and we packed the, the youths twofold because they were a little wobbly. You don't have to do that with us. We can pack them up as high as we want. And you can stack them on top of the youths as well. That's what they're there for. No, I feel like we should have music going or I'm not going to sing for you because that would not be beautiful at all. Oh, there we go. Got it. Got it. I'll let you do it. Okay, this section right here, if you want to come up and You can stack them up higher than two. They'll go up higher. We had them stacked back there like four or five high. 
do it. <laughs> this section, if you guys want to go ahead and come. twice as high because we're double fortified here. This is a representation. Everybody that's sitting in here is represented in a box. And then eat some a little bit more because we have youth that aren't in here today that are represented by the boxes over there. Um, so I'm a visual learner. I'm kind of a hands-on learner. And so this for me is like perfect. I will take this with me and I will remember this, this wall and the people that are represented by this wall. I don't know how long I'll remember it. I do have memory problems, but I think I will remember it forever. And so that's, I just wanted to put it out there for you guys to see that as well. Like this, this is our church. These are the people of our church. Everybody's represented here. Um, so when Nehemiah was um, building the wall, guess what the people started to do? Complain, grumble. I mean, they had enemies that found out they were trying to build the wall and they were going to come against them and make them stop. And the people were complaining. Um, and this is, I joked with Bo this week, I'm like, I feel like this is my life verse. But in Nehemiah 4.14, after all the complaining and the grumbling and the fear and um, all of the things that were happening because of this wall, he speaks to... Um, the people, and he says, after I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, 
and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the awesomeness of God and fight for your families, fight for your church. And that for me is like rally time. It is rally time, church, that we are under attack every single day from the enemy who's trying to destroy not just, not just HCC, but the church, the Jesus' bride church. And that verse was like, oh, that got me all fired up. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's fight. Let's do it. That's part of, I don't have fight or flight. I just fight. Um, but um, I, just, I just love that verse when I read it. I'm like, yeah, we can do this. We can do this as a church, as our little HCC church, and as the church. We can do this. Um, but something as I was reading through Nehemiah, I saw, and I kind of made a little list of, he heard, he mourned, he prayed, he acted, he went, he overcame, and he built a wall. And I look at that and I think, all right, we hear, we mourn, we pray. All right, I can, I can kind of use these as kind of something that I can do for myself is, I hear something, or I feel something, or I'm experiencing something, I'm gonna mourn for it, I'm gonna pray about it. And the funny thing is, is it doesn't tell us, I don't know how long he grieved for. I don't know how long he prayed for. We don't know how long it took before he acted. We do know, it says in there, but I did not write it down, how long it took to build the wall. But. Um, I just like that. He heard, he mourned, he prayed, he acted, he went, he overcame, and he built the wall. Um, so not only is this a representation of each person in the church, but it's also a representation of God's faithfulness because the boxes are covered in ways that the Lord has been faithful to us. And I just think that's really cool. Um, I got to read, like I said, I got to read some of the youths and some of them were heavy. Some of them were silly. Some of them were um, things that I'd struggle with as a teenager. Some of them weren't. And I was just like, that's so cool. The way that they recognized that the Lord had been faithful to them. And then you guys have done it as well. I just think that's really cool. Um, I get ahead of myself, so. Um, so each box represents people, and those people each have gifts. So I don't know whose box I'm picking up right now, but this person has been given gifts from the Lord, spiritual gifts that the Lord gives to us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We've, we minute the Holy Spirit's there, we have gifts. Um, I'm going to set it back down. Not for our selfish gain, but for the Lord, to glorify the Lord with the gifts that he's given us. Um, So I want to talk about, just run through those gifts a little bit, because this is touchy for some people, and I'm not here to debate the gifts. I'm just going to read what the Bible says about the gifts. So um, if you could go to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11.
Okay, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another healing, by the same Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking of different kinds of tongues, and to still another an interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Um, and then there's another section I wanted to read really fast from Romans 12, six through eight. I think they have it, so it should be, yep, there you go. So Romans 12, six through eight, I wrote it down, where's it at? Hold on, I'm a little bit ahead. If we have different gifts according to the grace given us. It's a man, if it's a man's gift to prophesy, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contribution to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So that is just two verses in the Bible where it talks about it. There's a couple more, um, but I just wanted to go over those. <clears throat> and so we talked about this with the youth. Is like, they have spiritual gifts right now. If they have the Lord as their life, as their savior of their life, they have spiritual gifts right now that they can be working in and using right now. They don't have to wait till they're 42. They don't have to wait till they're 20 right now. Um, so we talked about that a little bit, and um, I didn't read them a list, but I did find a list, and so I'm going to read that list. Um, again, this is just a list of um, the spiritual gifts that are listed in the Bible. I'm not here to debate when or how or any of that kind of stuff, just reading, just reading the list. Um, <clears throat> but administration, evangelism, discernment, exhortation, or encouragement— Faith, giving, helps, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, prophecy, serving, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, teaching, wisdom, healing, apostleship. These are, that's, that's just a list of some of the spiritual gifts that are listed. Um, we have youth that we have that have this, these gifts and a bunch of them, at least in my small group at the time, were like, I have the gift of hospitality. And I'm like, yeah, you do. You make everybody feel welcome. Or I would like to learn how to cook. And I'm just like, there's somebody in Sunday church that could do that for you, that has that same gift, that can come beside you and teach you how to use it. Um, and there, there were, <laughs> I loved it because a lot of the kids already knew their gifts. They knew what they were, and they just wanted somebody to show them how to use it. So some of you guys are sitting in here that you have the gift of administration. And we have teenagers that, I know that seems kind of silly to think of a teenager that can be administered, but there were, there were kids who liked to organize things. They just, they just need somebody to help them because they're teenagers. 
or we have older teenagers that can show the younger teenagers. So as a church, we should be using our gifts to build, to fulfill the Great Commission, and at the same time teaching our youth how to use the gifts that we've been given because they have the same gifts, to do the same thing with them, not for their glory, not for our glory, so we can be like, hey, look what I did, I taught them how to do that. No, but for God's glory, to fulfill the Great Commission, to make disciples throughout the earth. Um, So if you're sitting there thinking, hey, I could use my gift to do that. Come talk to me after service. I will connect you with some teenagers. Um, Get a hold of Carol, get a hold of Seth or Beth or Riley. Um, There's a lot of us that aren't here right now, but um, get a hold, James, get a hold of us in, we will connect you to some teenagers and we will get this worked out. Um, But here's the thing, I don't know about you, but I get frustrated with the church. I get frustrated because I think I'm genuinely smart and the decisions that are made aren't, don't always line up with what I think should go. So I get frustrated. And instead of using my gifts for the church, I say, I'm out. I'm not gonna do it. Well, guess what just happened to our wall? There goes me and my husband and my kids and whoever else I talk to about it and I grumble to about it because then they say, well, I'm not going to do it if you're not going to do it. And here's our wall. We've just left a weak spot in the wall of the church and the protection of the church because we're not using our gifts. I am super guilty of this. I fought with the Lord for a long time about even wanting to help with the youth, even though I love it. This is your gift, Tracy. Do it. I don't want to. Do it. My job isn't to always understand. My job is to be obedient. And so this church needs all of us serving in our gifts and protecting each other as this wall was a protection for Judah and Jerusalem. Um, I need to go back to my notes or I'll get all crazy. Um, But we need you. If your gift is helps, we need you. If your gift is teaching, we need you. If you can work with little kids, we need you. If you can work with teens, we need you. We need you in women's and men's ministry, and we just, we need you. We all need to be working together. Um, And not just because we wanna grow HCC, that's not what it's about. It's about reaching people with the gospel, bringing those that are in death to life. And you can't do that if you're sitting at home doing nothing. You have to be involved. Um, So one of the things that I think about when I thought about the church is I listened to a message and the pastor's like, do you know what the first thing Jesus said about his church was? And I was like, "Hmm, I don't really know. And he asked Peter who he was, and Peter said he was the Messiah. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, you only know this because the Lord gave this, this is the Tracy paraphrase. You only know this, it's in Matthew 16, 18. Um, And he said, there you go. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. 
And when I hear, I'm like, the gates of Hades, I, the gates of hell will not overcome his church. That is the first thing he said when he spoke about his church. Let's work together with him to keep the devil out and to build up his church and keep bringing people from death to eternal life. I just, when I heard that, I'm like, that's the first thing he said? Oh, I like that. Um, <clears throat> so it's Thanksgiving week. So I just wanted you guys to take some time this week, maybe think about these boxes. Think about what you wrote on these boxes. Talk amongst your family, teach it to your children. Um, to remember God's faithfulness week as we go through Thanksgiving and to remember that the first thing that Jesus said about his church was the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And the second thing is, it's rally time. Fight, fight for your brothers and your sisters and your wives and your husbands and your family and your church. Um, and so I guess that's really, I don't think I have any more notes. I could keep talking, but I won't. That's what I put down for my notes today. But um, we have pushed through a long time without a senior pastor and we're still here. And I just say, thank you, Jesus. And um, let's just remember, use our spiritual gifts, get involved, fight for our families, and don't let the gates of hell come against us because Jesus said they won't. I guess that's it. James, if you wanna come up. <laughs> Good morning, church. Um, I'm James Urit. I'm the uh, fourth string elder. Uh, when, when, all, when all the other ones are, are uh, down and out, uh, they have me come up here. Uh, hey, I just want to take a minute and, uh, and uh, talk to you a little bit about this message this morning. I'll, I'll tell you that uh, about three or four weeks ago, I got a call from Seth. He says, uh, James, I need some help with the youth tonight. My son had been going to youth group. I intentionally sent him with Seth and Beth would give him a ride home. I didn't have to do anything that way. It was perfect. I was, I was so busy with the elders meetings and, and, and uh, you know, small group and this and that, that I didn't, I really, honestly, I didn't want to do it. I said, no, I can't, I can't do that. And so I told Seth, I said, Seth, I've got a plan. I said, my wife will be bringing Evan to youth group tonight and she will stay in my stead. She'll stay. And he said, no, that's not going to work. We need, a, we, need a, we need a man up there because there's this group of about four or five uh, 12-year-old boys who have tons of energy. And I said, that sounds fun. No, no, I was dreading it. I was dreading it the whole time. I said, all right, Seth, you got me. I, I guess I can't send my wife. So I, so I uh, went that first evening and I, and I heard this message. And while I was there, I was, I was really encouraged because I'll tell you, these weren't just kids from our church. These were kids from other, other churches who have uh, around town who have the opportunity to come and hang out on Sunday. And I'll, and I'll tell you, when I was here, it was for them and it was about them. And I was moved. I was really moved. Um, they were, when they worship, their hands were in the air. They didn't care what they looked about, looked like uh, to the other teenagers. Their hands were in the air and they were sharing their hearts. And you, you could see that they actually were worshiping the Lord. And it was encouraging to me to know that there was youth out there, about 40 youth from our community that were out there and were that into their worship. Um, I, I continued on. I, uh, I watched them 
listen to the word. And yes, the group of boys were a little antsy and we took care of that. We're working with them. They're going to get there. Okay. But, but here's the thing. These, these, these youth were really into the message. So we, we listened to the word uh, that evening. And as I was listening to it, I was reminded that sometimes we have a hard time utilizing our gifts. Sometimes we think, well, we can't do it. And it reminded me of, of a story in Exodus where Moses is telling the Lord, Lord, not me. I can't, I can't do this. He gave, the, he gave three excuses to the Lord. He said, I, I can't do the job that you're asking me to do. And God, God told him to take a staff and throw it on the ground and turn it into a snake right before his eyes. And, and he also uh, told him to put his hand in his pocket. He turned his, he turned his skin into leper skin and he pulled it back out and he healed it. And Moses still doesn't believe. He still doesn't believe he has this gift. Sometimes you don't believe you have the gift. But God always provides a way. And if we follow, uh, if we go a little further in Exodus, we see that God is upset about Moses' doubt, but he provides his brother Aaron and he's able to accomplish uh, what, what he needs to do. Okay, so there's always a way. That's what I shared with the youth that night and that's what I would share with you today. There's always a way. If you have a gift, please use it. It's not always comfortable. It's not always fun. Uh, you know, the, the youth have a lot of energy and it's, it's hard for me to want to do that on a Sunday evening uh, whenever I feel like that's time, it's my time to relax, but it's, it, it's what God asked me to do and I have to be obedient to it and God provides a way for that to happen. So I just wanted to encourage you this morning. Um, that's important for us to do is to encourage one another. I'd also like for, uh, to encourage you guys uh, next week, uh, the 29th, uh, Pastor Jerry will be in town. And I just want to encourage you guys as attendance for that. Um, if, if you uh, can reach out to him, him and Sandy will uh, be in town with their family, uh, traveling through a hard time there. And of course, we've got a lot going on. So uh, just a word of encouragement to you. Uh, please be here to meet with Jerry next week. Okay. I'm going to pray for us and we'll get out of here, church. Lord, I thank you for the word this morning. I uh, thank you for uh, Thanksgiving, a time that we can take uh, the time and the freedom to think, think on all the things that you've done for us. As we do that, Lord, I hope this week that we uh, think of the wall that we, were, uh, that we talked about this morning. And uh, Lord, let us uh, build a wall that's strong as a church. Let us all be involved. Let us all use our gifts. Let us all be willing uh, to fulfill that wall and not leave any holes. Give us the encouragement. Give us the hearts to follow you. Uh, give us, give us a, a, a will and a want to do, your, to do your way, Lord. We thank you for uh, the time that we had here together this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.